you are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk a little bit more about Joey Chestnut and his expanding stomach. Netflix has paid $50 million to get a 10-episode docuseries about Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys. Being in Dallas, I've got quite a few thoughts on this. The NBA in-season tournament details have finally been revealed. More is going to be revealed this weekend, but we have a gist of how this is going to play out. And this Friday night, it's official now, Victor Wembanyama's first summer league game in Las Vegas, 9 o'clock Eastern time, Friday night on ESPN, is sold out at the Thomas and Mack Center. So we'll talk about that. We'll get to all that momentarily. So I talked about Joey Chestnut yesterday, and I saw a few things online, and it's hard to explain because I'm not a doctor, but essentially, remember I was asking, is this something you can teach your body, or is this just something you're born with? Because when we see these guys up on stage eating that food, the hot dogs, you've got guys that are clearly well overweight, morbidly obese, you've got real thin guys. And then you've got, got, got guys that are literally in shape, like bodybuilder-type bodies. So I'm like, okay, this must be something that you're able to teach yourself. And that's pretty much it. They can teach themselves this. It's something about when your body hits a certain point of eating enough food, this gag reflex, you're able to bypass it. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Do you know the amount of calories that Joey Chestnut took into his body eating 62 hot dogs the other day? Over 20,000. 20,000! It probably takes me two weeks to eat 20,000 calories. Maybe a week and a half. Maybe 10 days. Well, 10 days would be, what, 2,000 a day? I've tried to keep my calorie intake to about 2,000 a day. Some days, better than others. But yeah, so I'd say about a week for me to eat 20,000 calories, or not uh, a week, 10 days. That's unreal to me. The other thing is, I saw a doctor going over this. He said basically, these eaters can expand their stomach four times the size of the average human being. But he didn't go into detail about how they expand it. I don't understand how they're able to do that. Clearly, by eating that much food, it expands. But why are they not throwing it up? Why are they allowed to do this? How can they do this? Is this how they train their body to do it? That's the part that I'm totally clueless on. So I can't really help you out there. But just the fact that you're ingesting 20,000 calories in 10 minutes you would think that would physically be something that you'd be unable to do to where your body would just shut down or you'd throw it all up because it's not like when his body expands. Remember I said the stomach expands four times the amount of a normal human. It's not like we're seeing these people's stomachs sticking out through their belly up there on stage. So that's what I'm confused about. Because I would think if it expanded four times the size in your stomach, wouldn't it start protruding out of your stomach? Out of your chest? Maybe I'm I'm confused on how big your stomach is in the body. 
like the human anatomy, how big your stomach is. And maybe four times isn't to where it would be protruding out of your chest. I don't know. Now, if you're a bigger man, no, I wouldn't think it would because we wouldn't notice it. But those real thin guys that are eating 40 hot dogs, how are how is their stomach expanding four times the size of a regular stomach and we're not seeing it protrude through their skin? I don't get it. But if yesterday me going over all that didn't make you sick, I'm guessing hearing that somebody consumed 20,000 calories in 10 minutes probably makes you want to hurl. I'm already getting some acid reflux in my throat thinking about it. So it's been announced that Netflix has paid $50 million to the rights to a documentary, a docu-series about Jerry Jones that's going to be 10 episodes. Don't know when it's airing. Don't know when it starts filming, if it already has. Maybe it's already been, maybe the whole thing's already been filmed. I'm confused on if it's already been filmed or they purchased it and now they're going to start filming it. Whatever the case may be, apparently they're going to focus on the 90s Cowboys. And this is typical of Jerry. Being in Dallas, I hear everything. I hear interviews with Jerry all the time. I hear interviews with all the players from the teams of the 90s. I'm, I don't know. First off, there's no way I'm watching a 10-episode docuseries on Jerry Jones. I'll listen to the radio out here and listen to them recap it. If something seems interesting, I'll bring it up. But I'm sorry, he's not, he's, while it's a great story and he made all his money in the oil business and then bought the Cowboys out of the blue and everybody thought, you know, he was just, you know, he's a renegade. He's a renegade owner. And nobody thought it would ever work. And then he won three Super Bowl titles in four years. And that's great and all. But I'm sorry, what the Patriots did over the span of 20 years with Tom Brady is so much more (laughs) impressive than the Cowboys winning three Super Bowls in four years in the early 90s. Like, I can't believe they're going to do a 10-episode docuseries on Jerry and those teams. They even put in the press release, you know, never-before-seen interviews with Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith. It's just like, and maybe it's because I live in Dallas and I hear these guys all the time, either on radio shows or at speaking events, whatever the case is. Man, there's nothing those guys can say that I haven't heard 10 times already. We already know about those teams. They were wild. Jimmy Johnson was a stickler. Jimmy Johnson would cut players on the spot. He was kind of a dick. But he got the job done. He made the greatest trade, arguably, in NFL history, trading Herschel Walker for basically nine players, most of which made up those Super Bowl teams. We get it. But the fact that Jerry is doing a docuseries, and I'm really curious on how much it focuses, is this just going to be a fluff piece and basically just look at how great this guy is and look at what he rose from, from Arkansas to this, you know, oil tycoon and owning the America's team and the, the most valued team in all of sports. I hope it's not a fluff piece like that because I'm sorry, Jerry Jones has some major skeletons in the closet and I wouldn't even call them in the closet. A lot of people know about them, especially in the Dallas area. 
Are we going to hear the stories of the women on the plane that weren't his wife? Are we going to hear the stories about the training camp incident where he took another woman into the bathroom? Are we going to hear these things? Or is it literally just going to be about how great he is? Because I certainly don't want to hear that. Yeah, you're great. Your team has also won five playoff games in the last 28 years. No wonder he wants to focus on the early 90 Super Bowl team that won three Super Bowls in four years. Because they haven't done jack shit since. You know? Like, this is what he wants to focus on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just, oh gosh. And Netflix is paying $50 million for this? I just can't possibly think what they're going to do for 10 episodes. I mean, they're going to interview everybody under the sun. They're going to interview his whole family and the players that are going to say they love him and Jerry wants to win and all that. But it's just going to ignore how bad of a the fact that this franchise has been for the last 28 years and how bad Jerry Jones has been as a general manager. And he won't give up the general manager position when he's not a general manager. He's not a scout. This is the more I talk about this thing, the more awful I think it's going to be. Oh, my gosh. Have I ever told you my Jerry Jones story? And I I have no reason to lie about this. There's only one other person in the world that can vouch for this because I told it to her right when I about three minutes after it happened. But this was probably back in 07, 08. I don't remember what year it was. But I was going on a date, and I was going over to the shops at Legacy in Plano, Texas. There's a restaurant there, Mi Cocina, very good Mexican restaurant. Anybody familiar in Dallas knows about it. I was waiting for my date to show up. Jerry Jones walks in with a woman that wasn't his wife. And I assumed, oh, business meeting, he's having dinner at Mi Cocina, probably going to go up. And He walked by, walked right in, spoke to the people at the host desk, and kind of got whisked away. And I thought, oh, he's already got a table set up. He's probably going to a private room or whatever. No. All they did was walk him around into the bar area, and and in the bar area, he was sitting uh, just at one of the tables in the bar, up against the wall, kind of away from everybody in the bar area there. If you've been to that one, you know what I'm talking about. But right up against the wall that separates the host stand from the bar area. And I happened to turn the corner. I was just kind of walking around, standing around, waiting for my date to show up. And I looked there, and there's Jerry Jones with this woman he walked in with and just tonguing her down in public in a bar at Mi Cocina in Plano about 15 years ago. So if I saw it, and this guy has no shame in doing that in public, what do you think he's doing behind closed doors? I mean, there have been stories for years about Jerry's womanizing. It's well known. It's not, oh, he might be. No, he is. The guy's a billionaire. A rich, white billionaire. Very powerful man. And we know what powerful men do in the position of power. I saw it with my own two eyes at fucking me, Cosina. Like, I think he was doing more than that in other places. Anyway, that's my Jerry Jones story. Is that going to be covered <laughs> in the Netflix docuseries? Someone come interview me. I'll tell the story again. 
I have no reason to lie about that. None whatsoever. I I was shocked because I had moved to Texas in 06. This might have been 07. I mean, this was like I wasn't exposed to everything Dallas just yet. I hadn't heard all the Jerry Jones stories just yet. So my eyes were like, I can't believe what I'm watching here. The owner of the Cowboys is at a, you know, it's a decent restaurant. It's a nice restaurant, but it's certainly not five-star. And he's making out in the bar in public with someone that's not his wife. But then the more I was in the Dallas media at the time, starting hearing more stories, I'm like, okay, this is just, <laughs> this is just a, a Tuesday for him. Like, so yeah. Anyway, that's my Jerry Jones story. Go watch the docuseries when it comes to Netflix, because I won't be. Yesterday, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver decided to talk more about the in-season tournament that's going to debut during the 23-24 season. I know this has a lot of people confused. We got a little bit more clarity yesterday. And what they're trying to do is basically just make the regular season, at least for a few extra games, more interesting. And it's all going to be before the calendar year ends. This is all happening in October, November, and the final four is December 7th. Finals are December 9th in Vegas. That was announced yesterday. The semifinals and finals are going to be in Vegas at, I'm assuming, the T-Mobile Center, December 7th and December 9th. So what it means is this. All the teams are going to participate in the group stage which is going to consist of six groups total, three per conference. So there's 30 teams in the NBA, six groups total with, I believe, what, five teams in each one? Yeah. Teams will be assigned to six interconference pools of five. So six teams, or five teams in six pools, that's your 30 teams. On designated days during the first six weeks of the regular season, which will be announced on Saturday, we're going to know what those days are, teams are going to play four group games, one each against the other teams in their pool. Everyone plays two at home and two on the road. The winners of each pool and two wildcard teams will advance to a single elimination tournament. So the six winners of these pools and two wildcards make up your final eight. And then those final eight will play down to the final four, the final four will play down to the final two, and then we have a champion. So if you get to the finals, you're only playing four extra games. And you wouldn't even call them extra because apparently they're taking regular season games. They're not adding games to the schedule. They're using regular season games as these initial six interconference pools of five, those designated days during the first six weeks of the regular season, teams are going to play four group games. So, And it's all going to be based on uh, a random draw based on a team's winning percentage from the previous season. Each team will play four games in that group because there's five teams in each group. You play every team in your group once with the six group winners making the knockout stage along with two wild cards who finish with the best winning percentage and not first in their group. So it's almost like soccer in that way, the World Cup. Um, the knockout games are single elimination through the final. So the knockout games are with when you're down to eight. So... <sighs> Look, I know the regular NBA season, regular season of the NBA gets boring. And especially before Christmas, nobody pays attention to the NBA. That's all they're doing is they're trying to add interest. The winning team, every player on the winning team that wins this tournament gets $500,000. That's great and all. 
But when you got teams and you got players making thirty to forty million dollars a season, I don't think there's any extra incentive for this. I don't think they really care. Now, team gets to the championship game, absolutely, they're going to try and win. It's not going to go out there and just kind of throw the ball around. It's going to be like an all-star game. They're going to try and win. But I'm saying once we crown a winner, I don't think anyone's going to give a shit, especially the players involved. Yes, they'll have an extra $500,000 in their paycheck. Great. Throw it on the pile of $40 million that I make per year. Now I'm making $40 million, 500000 Great. But really all they're going to have is just the title of in-season tournament champion. I know this is what soccer does, but I just don't see anything remotely interesting about this, and it's going to add that much more intrigue. Basically all it's going to do for a few games, it's going to make sure that these teams don't do any load management. Because these games that are going to be designated, as we're going to find out which games are designated come Saturday, that's when the announcement is happening, we're going to see the designation of those four games that you play against the uh, the five-team, the six five-team pods. So you'll play every team in your pod one time that you're already playing on your schedule, and that just gets... That's just part of the in-season tournament. And then the eight-team knockout are the additional games. So you're basically playing three extra games if you get to the championship. If you get to the knockout stage, you're playing one extra game. If you get to the final four, you're playing two extra games. So there will be, I guess, some teams that play 85 games next year. A couple will play 84, and a couple will play 83. I... I just don't I, – I, as a fan, it's just – and here's the thing. Whoever ends up playing in the finals, every team in the NBA already plays every other team in the NBA every season. So it's not like we're seeing matchups that we would normally never see, you know? And what if it's Lakers-Warriors in the finals? Lakers and Warriors play minimum three times a year, sometimes four. I think it's three now, though. So the extra game is not going to be some, ooh, we're going to see this matchup we never see happen. No. Teams are still going to play each other two or three other times in the regular season. If it's a Western Conference team versus an Eastern Conference team, you still play out-of-conference teams twice a year, once at home and once on the road. So it's just another NBA game with a title of in-season tournament champion attached to it, and it's played on a neutral site in Vegas. Okay, great. I I applaud the NBA for trying to keep the regular season a little more interesting. I just don't know if this is it. I really don't. I don't. I just don't see people talking about man. The Nuggets won back to back NBA titles, but shit, the Memphis Grizzlies were the in season champion. Nobody's gonna give a shit. And that's what it is. It's just. A four, you, you won four games. Well, you didn't win. The pod games are games you're already playing anyway. So if you get to that bonus, like I said, it's just three extra games. You went 3-0 and during the regular season in three extra games. That's all this is. That's all it is. I, 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 just, don't, I just don't see this being a big deal. Just my opinion. Like I said, maybe now that this is the first details we've had. I've talked about this before, and I said the same thing. I just don't see this being all that interesting. 
Maybe my mind will change when I actually watch it, but I, I just don't see how. And finally, ESPN announced yesterday that Victor Wembanyama's first summer league game in Las Vegas at Thomas and Mack Center Friday night on ESPN, 9 p.m. Eastern time, has been sold out. When you're selling out summer league games, <laughs> you know it's a big deal. God, I'd love to be there. I'd love to go to that game, or I just I'd love to go to the NBA Summer League in Vegas. I've never gone, and you know how much I love Vegas. I just am never there during that July week. I just I'm trying to think. I've I don't think I've ever been there. I don't think yeah. I don't think I've ever even been in Vegas while this has been going on. My Vegas trips are March Madness, my party every year, first week of NFL season. So it would have to be an extra trip for me a month after my party and two months before football season. So I don't know. But, man, I would love to see it. I mean, I'm going to be watching Friday night. I mean, that's a given. I'm going to watch as many Victor Wembanyama games as I can. I just want to see. I don't need to see, like, what the hype is about him. I've watched games of him playing in France. So I already know that. I just want to see how it translates to the NBA. I want to see him, how he matches up with the speed and the power of the NBA players. So fascinating. Can't wait to watch. The fact that it's sold out. Crowd's going to be electric. It's going to be really fun on Friday night. So check that out on ESPN. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Please follow on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review if you if you can. Leave a good rating. I'd love a five-star. Uh, leave a nice review if you'd like, if you enjoy this podcast. Pass it along to your friends. That always helps. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.